0: Advent, and we're celebrating the coming of Christ and the great hope that He brings us.
1: Hope! That's what we're talking about today on Soul Talks with Bill and Christy Galtier. Hi, honey. Hey. (laughs) Well, it's Advent, and we've got the Christmas tree lit, and garland, and our Advent calendar here in front of us lit with a First candle of Advent, hope, and I need hope right now yeah. <laughs> because I've been feeling discouraged. I've been feeling, you know, it's it gets dark early and it's mm. cold and everything's just kind of feeling harder. And mm. you know, Thanksgiving's over and uh, I've got a lot of work to do still. And I just I'm thinking back about the little kid. You know, I can remember being in the car with my dad and going and buying Christmas gifts mm. and seeing the lights on all the stores and you go in the stores and the Christmas music is playing. And I remember turning to him and saying, this is my favorite time of the year yeah. <laughs> because he said, why? And I said, oh, you know, everybody's happy and all the lights and the music and the special foods and the sweets and candy canes. And I was just all enthralled with all the, you know, wonder mm-hmm. of Christmas. And,
0: I love that little girl.
1: Well, I'm sad. She's kind of like grown up. And, <laughs> and now I look back and I kind of think, well, that was all like... Nice then, but it's not that way anymore. Now, got a it's lot of like,
0: responsibilities yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> like
1: I said to you, gosh, Christmas is like another part-time job. <laughs> it's like a lot of work and you know, our our kids aren't young anymore. It's not so easy to buy for them. And I'm trying to squeeze it in amid, you know, a lot of other pressures and responsibilities and And so I've I've been feeling discouraged. And then, you know, we're aging, so things are harder. You know, it's like harder to see receipts and (laughs) it's harder to see price tags. And, you know, just things are harder that way too physically and uh, the decline that we feel as we age. And then I think too, things like, you know, we walk with people that are in pain, that are in discouragement, you know, ministers that are out of work and they're good people with great gifts and lots of experience. And so much to offer. Our nephew, you know, who is working as an EMT, that's a hard job. I had no idea. Uh-huh. I took so for granted. I'm grateful that God inspired me to pray when I hear sirens because now I know all the more the importance of those prayers. Uh, but, you know, as you, as you listen to people and you journey with them, it's it's easy to get caught up in their pain too and even feel discouraged by that.
0: You do absorb a lot of pain because you have so much empathy and mercy for people, you just take that in, and so a wonderful gift I often benefit from and so appreciate and I see you do that for so many people uh, and yet sometimes you get tired or you 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 carry the the weight of that pain and
1: yeah, I do, but it's not all um. As saintly as that, Bill, (laughs) (laughs) my my sense of discouragement doesn't only come from empathy and ministering to others in need, but, you know, it comes from my sin nature too. Like I've been discouraged because I've been comparing myself to other ministers who seem to be more successful or or the difference they're making seems to be more prominent. And it's the way of the culture seems to be. Is giving them all the accolades. And Mm -hmm. I could start to feel discouraged and start to feel like, well, you know, am I really making that much of a big difference? Because spotlights aren't on me, like they're on these people, and the money isn't coming in to our ministry like it is to theirs. And, you know, large crowds aren't showing up for us like they are for them. And, you know, in my in my sinful nature, I can start to compare and I can start to get discouraged and feel like I'm not doing a good enough job or I'm failing or I'm just really not that significant. And, you know, I don't think that's a godly perspective. I don't think that's right, but I fall into that kind of thinking, or thinking that, you know, working so hard here in the quiet and nobody except the person I'm in the room with really knows in cease you know, the price I'm paying or the work I'm doing or...
0: It seems that so much of your ministry is in, in quiet and in secret and it, it's unknown and you're struggling with the sense of your value.
1: Well, yeah. And, you know, I mean, on the one hand, I know Jesus tells us to do it in secret as unto the mm-hmm. Lord for his glory, his pleasure. And so I'm grateful in the one sense that he's protected me from you know, the limelight and the temptations and, and, and the ego and all that. And yet Satan still comes with his temptations and accusations mm-hmm. to incite me to discouragement or comparison or pride. You recently were sharing with me a really helpful story about that.
0: About discouragement? Yeah. Yeah. We were uh, came across this and it's a, s- a story of Satan calling together a council of his demons to discuss how they might tempt a Christian leader to sin. And in the allegory, the the first evil spirit jumps forward. I can make this person sin. How will you do that? Satan asks. I will entice him with the pleasures of sin. I'll show him the delights and comforts that he can have. No, you stupid demon, that won't work. He's tried worldly pleasures and knows that they're empty. I can ruin him. a second evil spirit yells out. That's what I want to hear, Satan crows. What's your plot? I'll tell him how much pain and sorrow he'll have by doing what's good. I'll get him to think that there's no reward in virtue. No, that won't work either. He knows from personal experience that the ways of wisdom bring him joy and peace. Mm. Then a third demon stood up and smirked. Ah, I know how to make this minister sin. This better be good. Satan retorted. What's your evil device? I will discourage him. As he serves his Lord, I will besiege him with feelings of insignificance and rejection. Then he'll sneak some illicit pleasure. Yes, Satan cackles. That'll do it. We'll conquer him.
1: Discouragement. Discourage him. Yeah. I was talking to a pastor's wife yesterday. She was discouraged. She and her husband were doing great ministry, making all this impact, but she was feeling discouraged because she was seeing the cost to her family.
0: Mm. She was feeling sad to see how her family was suffering from some of the ministry stress.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you've been discouraged some too.
0: Yeah, I was feeling discouraged, particularly yesterday. You know, we had a great weekend, Thanksgiving weekend, and time with family, and uh, you know, disconnecting from responsibilities and relaxing and enjoying ourselves and you know Monday's catch-up day and so you know a lot to go through and the to-do list and the emails and decisions and things to prepare for and I was getting frustrated because I was trying to get more and more done and I slipped out of the easy yoke and was complaining and and so forth and was getting discouraged and depressive about all that
1: yeah. And I, I've been discouraged because my computer's not been working right. And mm-hmm. so the work I'm trying to do is taking lots longer. And yeah, these things are discouraging. And then we had the lights in our office were out and we couldn't get it fixed. We couldn't see. And yeah. you know, things happen that discourage us. So, this hope candle that we're looking at here, we need hope. Mm-hmm. So, what's giving you hope? What's helping you?
0: What gave me hope was this morning, reading a devotional by Henry Nowen, thinking about Advent in a different way than we often think about it. We usually think about the nativity scene and the, the coming of Christ as in the incarnation, his birth, and all the events and characters surrounding that, which is wonderful. But Nowen was talking about the, the second coming of Christ and the resurrection of our bodies and the hope of that's in all of that. And that's because Advent means coming, and that's the other part of Advent that we don't look at as much, and that's really hope-filled, you know. And hope is a anticipation of good, right? And what could be better than eternal life, you know, in the Lord's presence and uh, being able to worship and serve Him and be in community for for all eternity? And so, yeah, well, this morning we were talking about that, and uh, that was very uplifting for me.
1: Yeah, it was encouraging for me too. It was it was fun for me to hear your hope, your excitement about that as we were talking about how this this life what we're doing in this life really matters in eternity. It's not in vain. It's not wasted. I was reminded of the encouragement I felt when we were at the funeral of our friend's son when we had a son in high school and they lost their son in a car accident on the way to family vacation over Christmas break and I remember thinking, oh man, you know, we'd sacrifice so much for our kids and we spend so much on them, invest so much in them. We've got, we do that with hope. Like we've got this hope and even an expectation of like what we might reap on our investment. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I mean, you and I, we just made a big investment again in our daughter's college tuition here, Mm -hmm. you know, and there's, there's some hope, some expectation of good that's going to come from this big investment we make in them. And I was thinking, Wow, you know, how hard now. It's, it's like all gone. It's like for not. And then the Lord reminded me, no, no, none of it is lost. None of it is gone because he's an unceasing spiritual being now alive in God's great universe. Mm-hmm. And in the meaning of his life, it's, it continues. It's expanded just because maybe his mom and dad wouldn't be able to see it in our perspective right now. It's real. And it lives on, and it would be the same for us if it had been our son that died, that that investment would live on, and it does for all of us. And that gives me hope. That gives me encouragement.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what Nan was saying is, is devotional about the, the hope of the second coming of Christ and the resurrection of our bodies, is that this earthly drawing on 1 Corinthians 15 and this earthly life that we live in these perishable bodies are seeds that we're planting, over the course of our lives and all, all the good works that we do uh, in the name of Jesus are part of the sowing of these seeds that will be raised as a resurrection body that will live on forever and be in, in heaven with the Lord and in community. And we'll be doing great works with the Lord and have tremendous sense of meaning and joy and be filled with, with love and the Lord's glory.
1: That is a hopeful thing. That is a hopeful thing.
0: I, I love to remind myself that the the God who created our bodies so masterfully, so intricately, so amazingly beautiful, that he will recreate our bodies, that he will take the, the cells and the bones that go into the dust, and he will reform that into a, a glorious resurrection body like the body of Christ after he rose from the dead.
1: Yeah, it's been encouraging me and hope as you've been reading John... Works book, imagine heaven out loud to Mm -hmm. me this year, and we've been hearing testimonies of people that experienced in their near death experiences being in heaven with new bodies, and as they talk about that, those that are blind actually seeing, and those that had never heard hearing, and you know those that were sick being alive, and just the, the sense of of vision where they can telescope in, you know, and and see things and. It makes a lot of sense that that's what God has for us, and it really does give us great hope, especially in this season of life now, where we're starting to experience more decline in our bodies. When we were younger, we we had more, <laughs> more, you know, strength and joy and contentment and well being in our bodies. In fact, I remember when when you were younger, you used to say that you didn't look forward to life after death because it just felt like it was all loss. Hmm. But that's not true anymore. You don't feel that way anymore.
0: Yeah. Part of that is, as you're saying, is as we get older, we come into our limitations and experience pain and sort of having loved ones die. You you start thinking more about heaven, but it's also been something intentional on my part that I've been choosing to, to meditate on heaven, and I've realized that that's a great hope and, and really important, you know, it's modeled for us in the New Testament. The uh, apostles used in the early church would pray, you know, Maranatha, Lord, come quickly. And to really lean into that, that, uh, you know, eternity with the Lord is everything. And that that's really what this life is about, is that we are doing what we're doing to bring glory to the Lord and to know that it lives on in eternity. And that, that's what I, I love about what we were talking about from First Corinthians 15 and the insights that Henry Nowen's bringing out on that is that, Everything about our life, all the little things that we do, even things that we forget, it's all remembered, and not just in the sense that it's written down in some book in heaven that we could look it up as though there's this computer database, but it's, it's living, it's relational. We'll re-experience it. We'll relive it when we're in heaven, and we'll, we'll be going into memories, into conversations, and then that will be carried on into our, our eternal life and the work that we're doing and the community that we're in you know so it's uh, uh, it's like the, the little things aren't aren't forgotten the lord brings them back to us and we see how uh, he's glorified in that and the the, the fruit that, that was was there and things that were accomplished and and all all the, all the so much to reminisce on and and to live out and carry on in in heaven
1: yeah well i was taking some hope by that this week cuz is, is our nephew who we were talking about who's an EMT you know he was responding to an accident and with a young man and his pregnant wife in the ambulance going to the hospital, and this young man died in the ambulance. And I was thinking about, oh, you know, how discouraging that must have been Mm -hmm. for my nephew. And then I thought, no. And it was like Jesus birthed hope in me again. And it was like, no, it was a really significant thing that Andrew was there because Mm -hmm. Andrew would be praying for that wife and for that man. And Mm -hmm. then Andrew now, because... I and my sister my and his grandma all love him. Now we're praying for that woman because Mm -hmm. now we heard the story, and so we're praying. And so there's something significant, I think, about us praying for her and her family and for this man's loved ones that we probably don't get the full glimpse of.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I hope that you also are seeing your significance with your gift of mercy and intercession, the way that you've responded to uh, what Andrew went through there. That's just such a beautiful thing about you, honey. The way that you really take to heart, in this case, this woman's grief. You know, being a young a wife, pregnant, and you know she's lost her husband, and just the horror of that. The horror, yeah. You really feel for her, and yeah. and you know she'll, you know, she doesn't know this, of course, but you know maybe in heaven you reconnect with her, and that's all redeemed and brought into the the, the glory of the Lord. And there's a sense of love and joy and peace that comes out of that, and. You know, when we get into heaven, we're we're not regretting the losses and, and the sufferings that we had on earth because it's all been healed and it's all been brought into eternal life and a sense of purposefulness and meaningfulness and bringing honor to the Lord and ministry to the, uh, others. And eternity goes on forever. And there's so much to learn and so much to experience.
1: So Paul tells us we have this hope as an anchor for our soul. We mm-hmm. really need that. I'm looking here at our Advent, wreath with the hope candle and behind it is Mary on a donkey journeying through this Advent season and thinking about, well, she was journeying with hope, I mean, through suffering, great suffering. It would have been really terrible, her experience, I think, as a young woman in the time she lived in.
0: Yeah, with the Roman tyranny and oppression and The soldiers with, you know, the census and she's, you know, forced to travel and
1: pregnancy mm -hmm. and, you know, what the, the, the powerlessness of being a woman, the vulnerability of that, you know, the secret that she's carrying. You know, I talked about sometimes feeling discouraged because it feels like everything, all the good I'm doing is in secret. I mean, her suffering, her labor, her. It was all in secret in aloneness. Yeah, her
0: holiness way. was hidden. We, we yeah. see it because we yeah. know the whole story. But back then, no, nobody saw it. She, mm-hmm. she was wearing the scarlet A, Yeah, filled with public shame.
1: Yeah, but the hope of carrying the Messiah mm-hmm. was an anchor for her soul in that.
0: And the hope of the coming of the kingdom of God, which she was uh, over time learning about what that really meant and the spiritual reality of that and eternal life.
1: So it helps me to have this soul talk with you because you inspire me to hope. And when I share with you that I'm discouraged, then it, it's like a form of confession for me. Mm-hmm. And it helps me to realize it instead of trying to repress it and just get depressed or <laughs> further into discouragement or despair. It, it helps me to get free of it and get renewed and restored in my sense of the meaning of the Travel and the hard things, and
0: well, it blesses me when you share so honestly and authentically with me, because I feel connected to you, and I, I feel connected to the Lord in that. That's what I love about what we do in our soul shepherding ministries, all the people that we get to talk to, that we listen to uh, in our office and over the phone, and uh, different pastors and leaders, and they invite us into this sacred space of questions and doubts and insecurities and, and struggles. And, and together we find our, our hope in the Lord through all that and are renewed and energized for ministry to others. And, you know, in, in soul talks, it isn't just us sharing these difficult uh, things and griefs and stresses and discouragements and so forth. It's also sharing the joys, you know, it was a blessing for me at dinner time as we were having conversation and I was able to tell you how, you know, as I walked out of the office today and having had, um, spent a few hours in conversation with different pastors that were sharing with me some deep hurts and struggles and needs. And, you know, I was listening to them and caring for them and praying for them as I'm doing that, as as I always do. And, you know, I walked out and uh, I have a habit in this situation of, you know, just reviewing sort of the conversations with the Lord and, and praying for people, leaving them, you know, in the Lord's care. And it was walking slowly in an unhurried way and just, you know, kind of enjoying the moment and and what I get to do as a soul shepherd. And as I was walking with Jesus, I just sensed the Lord say to me, I'm pleased with you. And it just came out of nowhere and it just made my body and soul smile, you know, (laughs) that's right. Eternity was- It
1: matters, your your work, your life today, it matters.
0: Yes. Like in 1 Corinthians 15, as we're sowing the seeds of our earthly life for all eternity, where paul brings that is so your your labor in the lord is not in vain don't be don't be weary in doing well he also says and so i was really encouraged and it was a blessing for me to share that with you and see your face just light up yeah you know and and have you because i resonated
1: that that it was true that god was he was pleased he is pleased with you and I came upstairs and saw you had written that down and put it by your picture of Jesus by your computer. Love that, to remind yourself, yeah. to remember that, to stay in that
0: hope. It's right here, a, a picture of Jesus with a radiant face, an artist's uh, drawing, pencil drawing of Jesus. This is on our Soul Shepherding website and the article, Jesus Delights in Me. You could uh, do an internet search on that, Soul Shepherding, Jesus Delights in Me. And there's a link to this face of Jesus. And I I wrote underneath the picture here, I'm pleased with you, exclamation mark. And it makes me smile. So I'd like to pray this for you, our listeners. May you just know that Jesus, our Lord, is pleased with you. He sees the way that you love, the way that you serve, the people that you help. He knows your hurts and your struggles, your fears, your losses, and he wants to hold you in that, and he wants to bring healing, encouragement, hope to you, and lift you up and raise you up, renew you to minister to others out of your places where you've had some, some difficulties, that you can comfort others who are in times of challenge and hurt and help them to know the hope of the Lord that God is good and he loves us. Thank you, God, we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. We pray Advent blessings on you, your family, and your friends. On
1: soulshepherding.org, we have a store that features a resource called Advent Devotionals and Prayer Cards.
0: These are great for having soul talks with family or friends. You can use them around your dinner table or with a small group.
1: Merry Christmas.